You're listening to Latin America in Focus. Latinoamérica in Foco. América Latina in Foco. A podcast by America Society, Council of the Americas on politics, economics, and culture in the region. This is Karen Zissis for ASCOA Online. It's election time in Mexico, and that means mudslinging and memes. It also means an unhappy electorate. A study released last month found that Mexicans are more distrustful of the government than people in any of the other 27 countries surveyed. The thing is, that lack of confidence isn't something new. But the trend at the end is that we are getting more distrustful of the government institutions in Mexico. That's Mariana Sanz, general manager of Edelman, Mexico. Every year, since 2001, Edelman releases its trust barometer. I met with her in her offices to talk about the country's place in this year's results, which showed that not only do Mexicans really not trust the government, they're also very concerned about fake news. We'll also hear later in the podcast from Gabriela Hernandez Cardoso about Mexicos Posibles, an initiative looking to chart a better future for Mexico. First, Sanz tells us more about the trust barometer and which sectors Mexicans believe offer the best hope of changing the country. So I'm here with Mariana Sanz, who's a general manager of Edelman Mexico. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk. Happy to be here with you. Great. Um, So we're talking today about Edelman's annual trust barometer, and in particular, Mexico's place in it. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me more about the methodology and the study overall? How many countries are in it? Mm -hmm. When was it conducted? Mm -hmm. Give us a little bit of background. Every year we try to find out uh, what trust is uh, around four institutions mainly. It's government. Um, private sector, NGOs, and the media. And so we go, we go to these 28 countries and we do interviews. In Mexico, it was about 1,500 interviews, so it's, it's large. And we do trust our, our numbers and we trust that this has been, uh, it has become kind of a beacon for, for many companies, many CEOs that really find this as uh, important and key information to make decisions and to try to understand the, the environment and the world that we're moving mm-hmm. on. Great. And the study found some good news and some bad news, and I want to start yep. with the good mm-hmm. news first. Um, Mexicans trust NGOs more than any other institution. Why is wow. there this faith mm-hmm. in NGOs in Mexico? Uh, it's interesting. Since, uh, this happened since last year, hmm. uh, and I'm going to go back a little bit like two steps back to to understand kind of the the global perspective. Since last year, um, what we found in the Edelman barometer is an implosion of trust. Hmm. Uh, Everywhere in the world, we're seeing less trust in in institutions. And I think that uh, it was very clear last year. We saw Brexit, we saw um, Trump, we saw Colombia, we saw many things happening where, where people are showing out that they're not quite um, happy with the system and what's going on around Barcelona, no, the Catalonian. So we have like lots of things going around. That they're showing that people are not quite convinced that we're being, um, or, or that the system is working, right? Mm-hmm. So last year, Mexico, for example, was the country that presented 
the, the, the smallest number in trusting government in the whole world. Mm -hmm. So we are the country that least uh, trusts its government and institutions. Okay. On the other side, we were the country that trusts NGOs the most. So that's why we're, that's what we're neutral in, in general terms. Mm -hmm. But it means at the end that we are at extremes. We're the most untrusting uh, uh, in government and the most trusting in, in NGOs. And uh, we don't know the question because we, or the answer, sorry, we find out these numbers and we try to interpret what, what, what those mean. But I think that it's a matter of, of Mexicans feeling that we have to trust someone. Mm -hmm. We're trusty people. Mm -hmm. So we have to at least put our faith in someone. And I also think that NGOs have done a very, a, a quite good job in terms of explaining Uh, the problems in Mexico and in the media, they're really well uh, portrayed. Mm -hmm. So we've seen positive and negative cases about NGOs in Mexico. But I think that uh, for us, it, it's kind of, we trust ourselves. We trust the, the, like the organized society mm -hmm. doing things. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's my guess. The numbers are, are science, they're there. It's, it's what we found. The interpretation is more what we do with those numbers. I think that it can be that mm -hmm. need to trust someone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was interesting because, as I understand it, the study was done towards the end of last year, yeah. right? That was very interesting. And that, I think, that changed several of the numbers that we saw uh -huh. in this year's uh, results since it was made at the end of uh, October. So it was right after the earthquake. Okay. So that might be also be the answer. Right. No, right. civil society was at its peak in terms mm. of what we're doing for each other. So, but but this was also a result that we saw last year. Uh, I think that it can be increasing that trend, but um, it, it it's also part of the of what we were seeing in terms of the environment and the, what we what was happening in in those days. Okay, great. Mm. Just to go back mm -hmm. to some of the bad news, which is, is this lack of trust mm -hmm. in government that you mentioned. Why do you think that is? And, and mm -hmm. how has it been over time? Mm -hmm. uh, how have Mexicans seen government over time? Is this something new as we head to an election? Or is it a long-term trend? Oh, no. Sadly, it's not new. Okay. This is a trend that we've been seeing for the last years. And we've seen like uh, a little bit, like two points up, two points down. But the trend at the end is that we are getting more distrustful of the government institutions in Mexico. Uh -huh. And the why, I think that doesn't need that much explanation. <laughs> They've done that for themselves. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And uh, I, I want to be clear, we're not uh, just talking about like either federal or local institutions. It's government, the government, with mm -hmm. like authorities at all levels. And... Uh, I think that, that what, what we've seen in the last years, it's, it's obvious that we are there. Mm -hmm. It's obvious that people do not trust uh, who, who's ruling this, this country. And uh, it's scary. It's not good. It's bad news. And um, let's see where, where it takes us. But it's, it's really sad news. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and connected mm -hmm. to that is um, we look at, how the public gets information, we also see that there's a real worry among Mexicans about fake news. And some 80% say they're concerned about fake news being used as a weapon. Can you talk about that, about fake news 
what the study found about how people get their information, how they how they view the media as well. Okay, so I'm going to go two steps back again uh, to explain a little bit of what happened at the global level. Mm -hmm. This is something that we're seeing globally. Uh, people are consuming less uh, news in the traditional media. They're going more through social media. And uh, we've seen last, la last year and last uh, the U.S. election, fake news played a real uh, key. They were a key player in, in, the, in the whole election process. So... Um, We, uh, in Mexico, this year we saw that eight out of 10 people are concerned. They say they're concerned about fake news being used as weapons. So we are the most worried country. Again, compared to the rest, we are the, the country that presents the highest number in, in this regard. And um, I think that it has to do with a little bit with, with the, also with political times that we're living and what can come with this, with this election. And um, it also has to do with the way that the, the media in Mexico has been playing this out. Mm -hmm. I think that they've done a, a good job, again, to lose our trust. Um, when we go and go deeper into asking Mexicans about who do they consider the media, like when you answer that you distrust media and that you, when you answer about fake news, who are you thinking about? Mm -hmm. And the majority mention traditional media first, a vast majority. So it's not a, as, as elsewhere in the world. People in, in, in elsewhere are thinking about fake news more of what we're seeing in, in social media. And Mexico is kind of different. Hmm. We're, we're still thinking about fake news that we saw in Televisa with Frida Sofia in the earthquake. And uh, I think that we're seeing uh, this, and we have the numbers, 74% of people say media just want to like, get and be fast and, and be the first to report on a story. Or 70, I don't know if it was, it was around the 70s. They say they only want to push for political agendas. So they're really politicized and they're not playing the role that we as citizens need. So that's what's happening in terms of the media. So if you put together those two distrust numbers, government and media, towards where we're going right now, it's quite a... Uh, worrisome situation. And there's a connection. Yeah, there's a connection. I, I want to mention for our listeners who aren't familiar mm -hmm. with the Frida Sofia story, uh, it was there was a there was a, a, a drama that unfolded uh, just after the earthquake, where it was thought that there was a little girl trapped inside of um, a, a crushed school, and it turned out that it was a hoax that she wasn't there. Everybody was waiting <laughs> to, mm -hmm. to to recover, but she didn't actually exist. Um, and and. The interesting about that was that was something that also took over social media. So yeah, I yeah. find it, it, it interesting that you talk about how there's this little bit of a difference with Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that you see here in, in, in Mexico is also there's a fantastic use of memes, comedy, satire. Mm -hmm. There's so much political oh, discussion <laughs> here. Very, good. <laughs> Very good. Good sense of humor. <laughs> um, so it's interesting to me, is, is how does social media play mm -hmm. a role in all mm -hmm. this, especially as we're heading into election? Um, do people trust it? Are they concerned? Mm -hmm. uh, it, it must be changing the way people view the media overall compared to when this yeah. whole survey started years ago, right? Yeah. Of course. And uh, again, when we go and ask about who do you consider, what, what do you think when you mention media, 
a lot of them also are also mentioning social media and uh, search engines, for example. Mm. So they're, they're starting to play a role. Of course they are. But we also have to remember that Mexico is still a very uh, heavy TV consumer, for mm -hmm. example. We're not that consumer of written media we're, mm -hmm. or print media. We're, we're lacking there. But um, yeah, they're, they're going to start playing a, a big role. And in this election, I think they're going to be um, they're going to be quite important. And but the, the good thing about this is that, that I think that the, everyone's going to be watching that we've already heard about uh, like several organizations getting together to understand and to try to verify if if what's what we're reading in social media is right or wrong and again i think that it goes back to society and trusting society in trusting ngos so it, we also have to go back to ourselves are you reading something that sounds logical Mm -hmm. sounds true go verify are you reading it from a, like a consolidated news organization uh, or someone that you really trust it shouldn't be that difficult to identify when you're reading something that's fake and the citizens i think that we have to go back and understand our responsibility there and the responsibility not only to uh, to believe it or not but retreat it or not should i send this in in my whatsapp Ah, then, then we also hold part of the, of the, the responsibility here. And I think that that's going to be interesting to see how it plays in our next elections. I wanted to talk a little bit about the private sector, because you mentioned mm -hmm. that as one mm -hmm. of the, the four groups here. What about the pri private sector? How do Mexicans see the business sector, and what role do they expect the private sector to play? Uh, this is my favorite part of, of, of our study, because uh, I think that it, it, it's, It's interesting to understand what's beneath these numbers. When we go and ask, who do you think that can really take us to a different place in Mexico? Who do you th really think that can change things from the bottom? 71% answer private sector. Hmm. So, uh, interesting. It's we're distrustful uh, of the government, we're distrustful of uh, media, but we trust companies, we trust brands. Hmm. So um, we portrayed the, the last and the distrust part of it as a, as a maybe bad news. I think this is very good news. It's very good news for companies if they own this responsibility and they take charge. And if they understand that people are waiting for them to take positions, to be um, more active, to speak up, So uh, at the beginning of the year, with, with all these uh, um, movements after Trump won and he was being so aggressive with Mexico and so on, I think that, that several brands uh, were brave enough to come, to come out and say, I'm not taking that. We, mm -hmm. we should be different. We, we should say something. And uh, there's another study that, that we uh, do at, in Edelman that's called Earn Brand. And last year it proved that Consumers are choosing their brands more and more depending on values. Mm -hmm. If you agree with a brand's values, you're going to hook up with them. You're going to be um, buying them, but not only buying them, you're creating a relationship of trust again 
with that brand. So you're, you're, you're really generating a relationship there for, for the long term. And the other way around, if a company and, uh, and is not showing coincidence with what you believe in, then you're going to lose those consumers. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's interesting because the youngest and the consumers and the consumers that have the highest um, um, spending capacity are the ones that are choosing their brands more on values. So this is a chance for the private sector in Mexico. How does Mexico mm-hmm. compare in, in this area with other countries in the study? Mm-hmm. We're higher than, than other countries as well. We do see these numbers in other, in, in other countries. It's part of a general trend. Companies are well regarded and, uh, and business is being called out for, the, for, for this like kind of a, a different activism. So we do see around that. We do see it in the U.S., for example. Um, but in Mexico, it, it was interesting. This year, it was very high. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to ask you, despite all kinds of distrust in Mexico, uh, you you did touch on some uh, of the ways that there is more trust. Mm-hmm. And overall, as, as you, you mentioned at one point, there's sort of a, a neutral level. So the mm-hmm. thing that's interesting when I looked at the study is mm-hmm. more countries tend towards distrust than trust. Like There's something mm-hmm. like around 20 of the countries um, out of the, I think it's 28 countries, do actually feel more distrust than trust. It's very few countries that are more trusting than distrusting. Mm -hmm. China, I think, is at the top, Mm -hmm. right? China won a lot of places (laughs) this year. It was super interesting this year. Uh Uh China did a, I don't know, did a good work in terms of earning trust in their institutions. Mm -hmm. They're moving ahead versus the U.S. Mm -hmm. This year, the U.S. was lost a lot of points in terms of the, the way that they trust their institutions. Mm-hmm. So they're moreover, like more on, on, a, on a very distrustful uh, environment. And, and Mexico was one of the few that fell, fell in that neutral yeah. area. So it was higher than any other Latin American country, even though it's neutral. Yeah. Um, so yeah, can you talk, t- talk more about that? Um, I think that it has to do with, with what I mentioned a little bit before. It's we are on the top of the table for certain things. And we're at the very bottom and other things. So it might be cultural. We are trusting people in Mexico. But the environment has shown us that we, that we cannot be that trustful with many things as government or media this time. But we do feel that we need to trust someone. So we're putting that trust with private sector and NGOs. But it's, it's funny how we are really at the, the top, at the end of the table in terms of our own internal um, distribution of that, that trust. So I think that that puts us in like the middle part of the table in terms of, of the world. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. No, happy. Happy to be here. That was Mariana Sands, and you can find a link to the 2018 Trust Barometer in our podcast notes. As we heard, Mexicans have more trust for civil society, and last year's earthquake in the capital showed why. On March 21st, leaders from across the country and diverse backgrounds launched Mexicos Posibles, pledging to be agents of change in a country marred by inequality, insecurity, and illegality. On the sidelines of the event, I spoke with Gabriela Hernandez Cardoso an independent board member with a career that spanned the public and private sector.
just so our listeners can understand, we're at um, the Palacio de Minería here in Mexico City at a huge event um, with leaders from various sectors here. And I want you to—I want to understand what is Mexico's Posibles. How did it start, and why? Okay, this is um, a totally uh, initiative from the citizens. It's, it's an initiative uh, that was born in, in the citizenship, uh, basically with the leadership of Julio Madrazo, Javier Mancera, Rosana Fuentes, Luis de la Calle. Uh, they decided back in 2015 to put together um, a group of leaders in the country from different sectors, different parts of the, of the country, different regions, different sectors, different backgrounds, to talk about scenario planning. So. Um, Adam Kahane and his group, Rio's Partners, were hired um, to do this work with us. They have worked previously with countries like South Africa and Guatemala and Colombia, and they do transformative planning. They do scenario planning at a, at a nation level. So the first exercise was an interview to approximately 180 people in leaders of different types in the country. Uh, then we, they put together two groups of 40 people. I was part of the second generation. So the first group was launched in 2015. I started in, in 20, 2017 as the second group to work in Mexico's Posibles. The idea was to do precisely that scenario planning, where it's, it's not about saying what's going to happen, it's what is possible to happen, what, what, what can happen. And we came up with four different scenarios on, on what could happen for the country. You know, the, the, the result is very interesting, learning about the scenarios, and we can talk more about them, but it really the process was, was magical. The process was magical in the sense that together in the same room we were people of different ages and, and, and beliefs and history and um, jobs, and we were able to talk and come together with, with agreements and agree to disagree also. That was very magical. Um, but what really is very clear for all of us is we want the best for our country. And even though we might have differences in some aspects in general, that's, we all agree that that's what we want. And we all agree that what's the scenario that we should all come to. And the scenario is that we all have to put, everybody puts it and we call it todos ponen, Mexico responsable. Everybody puts on their part um, and Mexico's responsible. So this, citizenship exercise is a clear example where we can all come together and put put our effort our thoughts our leadership and and come together and, and do this possible our map that's here as part of the scenario of this event is precisely in mexico with a lot of dots we have to connect dots when you're encountered with such difficulties as challenges of a country um, and as mexico as, as a complex country as we are you need to connect the dots and connecting the dots, it's connecting people, connecting leadership, connecting the projects, connecting the talent, because we all want the same thing. We want to be a better Mexico. We want to be really the Mexico that we all desire. Great. And in and, and speaking about who some of these different leaders are, you, I noticed today there were leaders who were indigenous leaders, there were religious leaders, leaders from the private sector, from the public sector, leaders from different parts of the country. So that reflects a lot of what you're saying in the map. And I'm wondering, was there something distinct this time in bringing these different leaders together for this project? Well, I think what was distinct is that the process, the mythology that Adam has 
brings together a group of people, not only in a professional level or, or, or the roles we play in the society and what we do, but, but a lot in a personal level. We come together as people. And it's magical to see how we're all transformed during the process. And we all became very good friends and very close. So we have a chat, a WhatsApp chat. And, and you know, if somebody in the chat says, I need this, can anybody help? At least 10 people would jump up and we would all be, you know, around the issue of the person that had that. So I think what is distinct is that it's, it's a process where we were able to leave our differences, our, our fears, um, to the side and really come to the with the best of us to the group to make it possible to to be able to agree and disagree in a harmonious way and come up with a specific product. Great, and um, one thing is I, this: I'm, I'm curious, is it a complete coincidence that you're having this launch event just a little over a week before the start of what's a very contentious, difficult? presidential race. The campaigns start in just over a week. Is there, is there any connection there? Well, it wasn't planned this way. We started in 2015. And, you know, it did take us almost three years um, to get this process going because it is it is very complex. And again, there were two generations that were put together. Definitely, we are interested and we do want, you know, this to be part of the political discussion in the country. The scenarios, uh, the possibility of pooping, putting people together, the teamwork, the magic of the diversity and the inclusion. Yes, we want that to be part of the, the national discussion. And right now we're entering uh, uh, our, you know, one of our most important political process since not only the presidency is going to be in, in, in election, but also I understand almost 3,000 um, different elect election positions around the country. So definitely we want this to be part of the discussion. Uh, it was not thought about in the first, I mean, in 2015, nobody thought that, you know, this is the way it was turned out. It turned out this way, uh, positively. Uh, we did work a lot, both groups, and we feel very comfortable that we are ready to um, continue with the debate. And each of us in what we do and in the leadership we do in the country, we're ready to keep, to keep working and pursuing. And as uh, one of the colleagues put it, this is probably just the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and one thing that I understood from all of the presentations is that there were three big challenges that were identified, which is uh, inequality, insecurity, and in, uh, a lack of, it's, it translates a bit funny into English, but a lack of legality, illegality. Um, and, and then there were some, some different scenarios that were planned for the future, and sort of possibilities for the routes that Mexico could take. What I really want to know is, what is this group plan to do next? Now that it's launched and there's been this discussion on such huge, complex issues um, in Mexico, what, what comes next? Well, at this stage, what we want to do is focus on, 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 the, on the national discussions. Um, as we're doing right now with me sharing with you the ideas, the concepts, we really want to get the word around of what this is, what we did, what was achieved. What are the scenarios? How do they look like? Um, what is the one we, we all agreed that we should go for? Uh, and include that in, in, in the national discussions, in, in every level of discussions. Um, we want us to be taken as an example that this is possible. We want the country to know that 
yes, we can sit down. Yes, we're leaders. Yes, we're heroes. Yes, we're intelligent. Yes, we can, you know, sit at around the table and discuss issues. Uh, and yes, we have to solve our illegality or lack of legality, uh, our insecurity and our in inequality that we have in the country. Yes, we should be discussing that. Mm -hmm. And and. Um you, you mentioned a little bit right at the beginning that there are different scenarios that were imagined by the group. I know we don't have a, too much time, but can you go over um, what some of those are and, and what, which of those scenarios this group is working towards? Yeah, well, very quickly, the first scenario is where, you know, Mexico, it's everybody just keeps their, their privileges, keeps their... Um, and keeps on taking from the general to just individual interests. Mexico agandalle, we call it. It's, it's a very uh, Mexican word. The second scenario is, is where uh, Mexico maintains the status quo. We keep, you know, the way we are. We don't grow economically very aggressive. Uh, we still keep working on, you know, trying to get our institutions better, um, attacking our three eyes um, or, or problems, but pretty much just not making huge progress. The third scenario is where we all, todos ponen Mexico responsable, which is everybody puts on their behalf and Mexico's responsible. This means that we all need to work in the country, we all need to give in um, privileges that we've acquired, all of us, and also acquire a lot of responsibilities for the country. Not only private, um, public uh, sector, but also private sector. So it's the scenario where we all come together, academia, um, business, government, religion, religious societies, um, non-governmental organizations, everybody comes together to make this possible. And the fourth scenario is the one that we obviously all agree we don't want to see, it's um, a failed state, where just this just becomes, you know, the land of nobody, and um, things get worse, violence, insecurity, and um, you know, obviously no economic development, and that is the worst scenario. So we're, the group as a whole, we all agree that we want what we call Mexico responsible. We want everybody to understand, and we all have to work on in our different sectors, connect those dots to make uh, progress and to have a better country. Great. It's interesting because, as we discussed, Mexico is at a sort of difficult point because of this huge election and some negativity around it. So it's interesting to hear so much positivity on this day. There's a lot of warmth in this huge space we're in right now. Um, and so hopefully we'll get to see some, some positive results out of this. Thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you. And we're definitely positive. Uh, personally, very energized, just getting to work, meet, being close to such inspiring leaders, um, it's clear that we have the best country in the world. <laughs> Wonderful, thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Karen Zissis. This episode was produced by Elizabeth Gonzalez. The music from this episode was recorded at America Society in New York. Check out musicoftheamericas.org for our upcoming concert schedule. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and write us a review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Stitcher.